views, ideas, and opinions of all of us here on Well Loved, and our guests are their own. And you should always seek additional professional opinion and advice pertaining to any of the topics discussed here on Well Loved with Lucia. Welcome back to Well Loved. Woo! If you have been following this series, it is incredible. Oh, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm so excited. My name is Lucia. This is Well Loved with Lucia. I'm a licensed mental health expert and also an Emmy-nominated storyteller who really truly has a passion for sharing stories and solutions to help you find and feel better from the mind down. Well Loved, though, focuses on all things you may have guessed love-related, so self-love, relationships, and growing and finding and feeling better in your love life. If you've joined us for part one and part two, we are talking about something called attachment theory. I explained it in part one, just a short recap in case you just saw the title, How to Change Your Attachment Style. I will say we talked about so much in part one and part two that I so encourage you to go back and listen to those um, and to find out more about what attachment theory is, your attachment style, your partner's attachment style, and then hop right back in with us here and we'll help you change it. If you're still dedicated to just working on to change it, maybe you already know what it is. That's what today's show is all about. And Dr. Chelsea Page, who's a relationship expert, is going to come on. She's going to help you identify your partner's ways to change the styles, um, work with the styles, um, identify your style and your partner's. This is not just (laughs) a look at your partner and blame your partner show. Um, This is about how to recognize your style and patterns as well and work on changing your attachment style. So stay with us after this really incredibly short break. Dr. Chelsea Page is going to be back helping you change your attachment style in part three. We'll be right back on Well Loved. This is Well Loved with Lucia. And we're back with Dr. Chelsea Page joining us again, finishing this three-part series on attachment, what it is, how you can identify your own attachment and your partner's attachment. And this week talking about something really important, which is how do we change our styles if we aren't secure attachers? So Dr. Chelsea Page, welcome back to the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to wrap up this three-part series and so, so wonderful. Since we're transitioning into something that you just mentioned, which is if we have this style, right, in the way that we seem to operate in relationships, and we've identified that as attachment and anxious attachers, avoided attachers, secure attachers, and disorganized attachers, how, if we've identified ourselves as one of those styles that is not secure, can we work to change that style? That's my first question. Yes. And well, definitely first step is that identifying and having that awareness because we can't shift and change things that we're not 
aware of. So we want to have this awareness, not only, you know, just here, this is going to be an intellectual awareness. So learning these pieces, you know, you don't want to just hear this and download it into your brain. You want to have the awareness and really be starting to shift things in your body. So this means taking small moves toward more of that secure attachment. So whether you're avoidant attachment or anxious attachment or, you know, that mix of both, the disorganized, doing the steps that moves you closer. So if you are, say, well, I'll use myself as an example because I was really anxious attachment. It's learning to do things like identify my own emotions and start sharing those vulnerably with others because as an anxious attachment and as people pleaser, I wouldn't share those. And sometimes we share them in a way that's more of an attacking mode. So practice. it's, it's really just practice over and over and over again. It's what I like to call emotional push-ups. You get stronger and stronger. I mean, I love that. And I work with my clients to to either help identify their style or identify their partners and sort of Mm -hmm. change their style to help their partners a little bit. So can you give an example of if you are an anxious attacher or an avoiding attacher in a scenario, what you might do to help move more towards secure or eat or act insecure until you feel it essentially emotionally? Yes. So there, I mean, there's so many different ways to approach, but the best way to start shifting things is recognizing. And again, that word awareness is in the moment, the behaviors that you're doing that is in a not in alignment with where you want to go. So you can start having this kind of this observer approach to yourself and starting to notice, oh, I'm pulling back. I'm pulling back when this is in the opposite direction of what secure attachment would be. So when you identify, oh, I'm pulling back and slowing it down in that moment and really asking yourself, okay, like what would a secure attacher person be? What would be in the name of love and connection and honoring this relationship what would this next move be? And I like to, when I'm working with people, to even just imagine this first step and not actually do it yet can be a nice kind of warm-up time because our minds are so powerful. And if you can imagine, well, in this moment, or if you're reflecting back on even, say, an argument maybe you had with a partner where you did withdraw, or if you were the anxious pursuer where you did maybe do this kind of critical attacking moment, reflecting back and go, oh, I could have done this. Can I imagine myself maybe having moved toward and telling my partner, I even just, I'm pulling back right now. I can feel myself pulling back. And just imagining those moments before you even actually take the outwardly step. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And also, I'm wondering what you would suggest if you were the partner of someone, since we're on, let's say, avoidant, right? Because mm-hmm. as we talked about, avoidance do tend to back away or shut down or retreat. So leaning into that a little bit is what I'm hearing you say. It first visualizing it and then second, maybe trying to take action, right? Because oftentimes there's so much fear yes. based upon past, right? Um, Of what's going to happen if you do lean in emotionally, that there's going to be abandonment or you're going to be reprimanded, reprimanded if you have a conversation, right? There's lots of reasons that people sort of 
have that avoidance style. But if you're the partner of someone avoidant, what would you suggest as far as communicating better and helping them along the way? Yes. Even on both sides, helping your partner along the way, it's so powerful because both partners, we want to hold the vision of the relationship and understanding to give each other space and grace for really learning and exercising these new ways of showing up in the relationship because it takes time. And as a partner, you can lovingly point things out to help them notice what they're doing, but in a very loving way. And um, I might have mentioned this in the previous episode, and I don't remember, but it's very applicable here, where even myself, I remember semi-recently, I was going into my old pattern, and my partner, he lovingly called it out, and he said, Chelsea, we're talking on the surface here, you know, what's actually going on underneath? And he was you know, energetically bringing me down to my vulnerability. And so pointing that out allowed me to kind of slow down and go, oh my gosh, you are so right. And then meet him where he was trying to meet me. So when we point that out lovingly and not like, oh my gosh, you're doing it again and being critical or just kind of huffing and walking away, which would be part of that old cycle, that that's a really beautiful way that you can help support your partner in the changes and transitions into this secure attachment. I think specifically, I know you just sort of mentioned an anxious tweak, but with the avoidance style, just sometimes they do need space, right? So saying, yes. I want to talk about this. And then if you see your partner sort of shutting down or getting nervous saying, you know, I can see you're a little bit uncomfortable. I'm going to give you space so we can, you know, come back to this in a few hours. I'll give you some time or tomorrow or when it may not be at the speed that you want to talk about something because they do sometimes need space to process um, and be able to come to the conversation fully. Yes. And this is where is so important. I had even an experience because my partner does some more of that withdrawal and there was, there's so many good examples personally and in clients' lives, but he, there was something I, I wanted to talk about and I wanted to talk about now but he was not emotionally available at that moment to talk about it. And I could sense that he was, you know, shutting down a little bit and withdrawing a little bit, not wanting to talk about it and to give him the space to do that. And again, this is hard, especially if you have a more withdrawal partner, because as an anxious pursuer, you, you want to remedy the feelings inside of you right now, <laughs> right? Not right now. Right now, like <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> or like right now, five minutes ago, or something is going to like. I always say like, and I say this as someone who has like we talked about in the last episode, became after my divorce, noticed that I became anxious when I was more secure, um, mm-hmm. and everything felt. I always say, I describe the feeling as like terminal. Like everything is like life or death, right? Because it fe- your brain's telling you like this absolutely needs to happen right now or you're not going to be okay, right? Exactly. This is where that practice and really supporting each other and your partner and giving the space, the breath, the energetic space to go, okay, it is okay that my partner needs some space right now and really letting your partner know. And I call, I remember this instance with my partner and I said, I, I can feel you shutting down. So I, I did lovingly call it out and that gave him the space and permission to say, yeah, I, I'm not available to talk about this right now. 
So that meant inside of me and for the anxious pursuers listening, that means you really do need to take ownership and responsibility of the emotion and energy on the inside and to practice the self-care and self-love and emotional management with inside of yourself so your partner can have that space. But there's something in this too that you have to be careful, especially if you are a withdrawer or um, your partner is a withdrawer, is to create a safe container for that time frame of checking back in. Mm. Because if, as a withdrawer, if you say, I need some space, I can't talk about this right now, can we talk about this later? Later is, and I even talk about this in my Ignite Intimacy program around sexual intimacy, is later could mean later tomorrow, next week, next year, never. Like, when does that mean? And that actually builds up the anxiety and the anxious pursuer even more. So if you say, I need some space, can you give me an hour? Or can I touch base with you tomorrow morning? Can you give me 10 minutes so I can just go breathe myself down a little bit? then you're putting a safe container around the space that you want to take. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something you said, Dr. Chelsea, really stood out, which was going back to if you are more anxious, how leaning into your partner and basically saying like, we need to talk about this right now, right? Mm -hmm. For me to feel okay. I would like like, to fill in that gap. It would be, we need to talk about this right now or I'm not going to be okay, right? And coming to that realization as an anxious attacker, attacker, well, that could be true too, (laughs) anxious attacher, is that you are okay, right? Like you are 100% okay. And it does not feel like it. Those feelings do feel so terminal. They feel life or death. They feel immediate, but you are okay. And on the other side of actually not getting what you want in that moment, is your growth. That's what I've experienced and I've experienced in other people too. Is there so much growth in that conversation not happening right there? Oh, 100%. And this this is where, right, as a withdrawer, your task is to learn how to lean forward more and to bring out the emotions more because they are more dormant and more numbed out and silenced. And so that's the withdrawer task is to lean in more. And the the anxious pursuer, the task is to more to lean back and not be so flooded with the emotions and immersed in them and to have that space and practice that when your partner asks for space, that to use that as a wonderful growth opportunity to go, okay, I this is my time to practice not being so caught up in my emotions to really step out of them a little bit. So it's not just me, myself, I need to fix this now. It's okay, I can hold the space for my emotions and my partner needing space. And I it takes practice. It really does because that feeling of wanting to fix things now and do things now can be so strong. But when you breathe, breath, some listeners might roll their eyes because I know there's so much about breathing and um, take a big breath and all these things and yoga and yada, yada. But taking a breath in these moments on both sides, it activates your parasympathetic nervous system to calm down because in those moments you're in this fight or flight mode and to breathe and to remind your body that you're safe. Like you might be just like sitting at a restaurant with your partner and having this argument. You are safe. You're okay. You are grounded. And to remind yourself of that in a big breath can be so powerful. So we don't want to poo-poo the 
the actual simple things because they can be so powerful. I think that those are the steps towards it, right? Is putting that that space. I always say best. Mm-hmm. So breathe, evaluate, set an intention, take action. So if you feel yourself getting really anxious or you feel yourself pulling away, right? Both sides of the coin to breathe, to evaluate what's really going on here, right? What is the mm-hmm. actual emotional threat to me? or the actual threat to me? Is it a 10? Because I'm emotionally feeling like a 10. Or is it a right. is it a one? So let me bring my emotions down to a one to meet this. And then take action on what that means, which it could mean leaving the conversation. It could mean making sure your voice is in check. It could mean leaning into the conversation if you're an avoidant, right? And taking action on that, whatever that is. But I think you're so right. We we always want the like, okay, well, give me the fix. It's like sometimes the fix is step one, breathe, right? Pause, mm-hmm. take a breath, pause, literally let your limbic system calm and your parasympathetic nervous system, like you said, because it's it's on high alert right now on mm-hmm. both ends of those coins. Yes, and just breathing that down. And one of the questions I love asking myself, as hard as it can be in the moments, and I want your listeners to know that doing these things in the moment, this is like expert status and <laughs> something that you, it takes some time to really work into. So it's okay. Kind of, as I mentioned before, is you can reflect back and go, what could I have done differently there? And you can really do some emotional training even after the fact, and you can go back and repair those things as well. But in the moment, practicing that breathing down And I, for myself, I repeat in my mind just to bring my mind on board and remind myself what the vision is, is what is the for us? What is the the we in this situation? Because it's not just about me. It's not just about my partner. This is about us. What is the, the us win in this? And that might mean that, okay, the us win in this is I need to take a step back for a moment and let my partner have some space. Or the us in this moment is, you know what? Yeah, you're right, honey. I although this is something that is hard for me, you are right. This is something I need to work on, take ownership of where I might have messed up. Wherever the for us is, it could have so many different scenarios. But that is a really powerful question that I have found works really well for my clients and myself. What is the for us? I love that. I love that. Instead of you, me. Um, and I feel like when you have secure attachment, that's so much easier to do. Because I I have felt myself in those moments of anxiousness that I used to have that has drastically gotten as I work my way to secure again. It's interesting. If someone else is secure, I always say they can disarm me. I'm thinking of one person Mm. in particular that could just disarm me because he was so secure. And I could say something and he would be so non-reactionary to it. He would just be like, Okay, like, like <laughs> just so not it like did not even face him because he was so secure. And I remember once just being so feeling so anxious and reacting to it. And he just he just held me. And it was mm-hmm. like exactly what I needed at the time. Right. But if you're dealing with someone who is more classically avoidant or even is just 
he could be secure, but just not have that personality, right? Is right. just slightly more standoffish and reserved as a personality, not even an attachment style. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you have any feedback on that. If you are a secure person, how to more traditionally give someone who is anxious or give someone who's avoided. I think we've covered it, but anything else in there that you've experienced or stories that you've had? It's it's very similar. It really the biggest thing is to hold space and the space to really hold the relationship and what is happening. And if you are feeling, say, totally fine and you're not triggered and you see your partner being triggered in something, this is where it's the for us. I'm going to hold space, you know, for you, for me, for us and for the relationship. And that might mean like your example just just the hug. And I say just, but hugs can be so powerful. It soothes the nervous system and brings things down. So holding that space, and this is where, I mean, whether you are avoidant, secure, and anxious for the relationship to expand, I'm even holding out in front of me my hands in kind of the small circle, you want to expand out the space so it can hold you your partner at the relationship, which means you need to take a step back and out of your emotions so you're not overwhelmed in them, but step enough of them in so you're touched into them and hold the relationship. And that goes for no matter what attachment style you're in. Mm, Absolutely. Dr. Chelsea, before we let you go, any advice or anything else you want to say to someone who is really looking to change their style, they've identified that maybe they are anxious or avoidant, or someone on the flip side of the coin? Because, you know, I, I've i read a lot about these topics, and I think you'll hear, and there's a book called Attached, and I'm not going to knock it, I think it's a fabulous book, but they really suggest if you're an anxious attacher, just completely avoid an avoidant. And mm. I... I disagree. I think if an avoidance willing to work and an anxious attacher is willing to work, there's always opportunity for those two styles to stay together. I think any relationship works and can work if both people are willing to work on it. Oh, yes, yes. And there's, I like to think of it as kind of this continuum. And if you are on like way side of avoidant and someone else is on the way side of anxious attachment, you're you're going to have some struggles. That's yeah. not to say that it can't shift and change. It's just the tension in between is going to be a lot greater. And yeah, I'm never a person to say either that you're, oh my gosh, you're doomed from the start. If, like you said, if you are open to change and make those shifts and you are a yes to holding that space in the relationship to have that growth happen, which all relationships should be doing that, to be honest, is you can grow. And yeah, that book attached, it's, it's good for the basics of attachment, but it does kind of throw avoidance under the bus. And personally, one of the ones that I like, um, if your listeners are looking for something, um, to be reading is hold me tight by Sue Johnson. So her, it's an amazing book. It's a little dense ish and it's good to do with a partner, but it's, um, and there's another one that she has called love sense, which has more of the kind of scientific background to it. Um, that's especially good for mindsets who want to know like the more scientific tangibles for emotions and love. But she, um, Sue Johnson is the, uh, one of the big founders of emotionally focused therapy, which focuses on attachment. So her work is amazing. So that's a good book. Um, 
I actually would suggest one of the books I just read um, with my my Facebook group. I have a free book club in there, and we just finished The Untethered Soul, which is not about relationship, but it's about really having that step back in the emotional space and into yourself, which I think is a really powerful book, too. And of course, my programs. <laughs> yes. No, I was going to say any resources. So those are absolutely great resources, and we'll put links to those. Um, Dr. Chelsea Page, before we let you go, where can our listeners find you? Yes. So um, you can go to drchelseapage.com. That's where that's kind of a, a good main hub where you can access my Facebook group. So it's a free Facebook group for women. Uh, either email me or message me on Facebook as easy as that. Perfect. Dr. Chelsea Page, thanks so much for joining us and for your knowledge and your wisdom and your expertise. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on again. It was so much fun. A treat and retreat for your day. This is Well Loved with Lucia. Thank you so much to Dr. Chelsea Page for joining us. I know that she took a lot of time. We actually didn't, we didn't even have time to record this all in the same day. So she had to come back just because we're talking so much because this topic is so incredibly important. Um, So thank you to Dr. Chelsea Page for joining us and helping us just with so much knowledge on attachment styles, on what it is, what ours is, how our partners can be identified, and most importantly, how do we work to change this if we want to? I truly believe that this was one of the most eye-opening theories that I learned about as a professional. So I hope that if this is your first time hearing about it, it, it and it resonated with you, that you know that there is hope, there is change possible. And um, I so encourage you to, there's books by um, Dr. Sue Johnson. We'll put the the links down there. There's also an incredible book called Attach that a lot of people who are just new to attachment theory, they love. I recommend it to a lot of my clients as well. Um It's called Attach, the New Science of Adult Attachment. And it really truly is about if you're having trouble and you're struggling, how do you keep love, right? If you do have insecure attachment, how do you work on it? It's by Amir Levine um, and Rachel Heller. So we'll put that link below too. Can't recommend that book enough as well. From all of us here at Well Loved, we just want to say thank you so much for being um, a part of our family and for listening to the show. Without you, I'd be talking to nobody. (laughs) Um, And it truly is my passion to help you find and feel better in your life and in love. So thank you for taking the time to be a part of our family and for letting us into yours and letting us be a part of yours. We'll see you next time on Well Loved. Find a new kind of love for yourself and others.